0: Welcome to the NFT Now podcast.
1: Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors, and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel.
0: And I'm Matt Medved, and we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture.
1: Welcome to the show. Gentlemen, what's happening? How are you feeling? Que tal guys, so good to be back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah yeah yeah, we out here. we out here. Who we got lined up today, Matt?
0: Oh man, I'm very excited. We have got Parrot uh, who's an incredible 25 year old artist, multidisciplinary, uh, had a huge collaborative drop uh, on Nifty with Fuoshish, uh, Jonathan Wolf, odious uh, and has been doing some really cool stuff on his own too. Also hosts a popular podcast called Origin Stories with Roger Dickerman, has his hands in a lot of things, and is definitely a fixture in the community.
1: Yeah, no, truly incredible guest. What I personally enjoyed most was hearing how he's really gone about building traction and support within the the NFT community. I mean, he started by doing like album artwork and like tour posters and uh, has since then really gone on to literally be one of the top 50 artists in the NFT world, according to CryptoArt.io. So I think a lot of it is because of his contributions and engagement relationships that he's built in the community. And I think uh, really love how he's able to shine some light to that today. So without any further ado, uh, do you want to get into this week's episode? Parrot. Parrot, what's happening, man? Welcome to the show.
2: How you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. Thanks. Thank you guys for uh, hosting this. I'm excited to talk to you all today.
1: Oh, likewise, man. For sure. Well, I think just to kind of set the stage, I know you've obviously been kind of a a creator and artist for a while, but really kind of curious how you, um, what kind of got you into the NFT community and how'd you really kind of continue to snowball some of that, that support to where you are in the landscape now?
2: So back in, I think, June of this last year, 2020. I've been a musician for a while. So I've, uh, a lot of my friends in real life are producers, musicians, DJs and stuff. So, um, and you know, DJs work pretty closely with visual artists and stuff for festival posters. And that's where a lot of my commissions were coming in was festival posters, uh, album art for musicians. But um, So I was talking to one of my producer buddies and he was telling me about Glass Crane Uh, and how he was on this website called super rare selling his art as something called an NFT was like able to pay his rent with it and like really cool technology and this, this new exciting thing. So I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Let me go check it out. So I went uh, and checked out super rare um, and kind of like familiarized myself a little bit with what NFTs are. I've been aware of crypto for a while. I'm not really like a finance guy. So it's never really like pulled me in all the way. But I've been aware of like Bitcoin since probably like 2012 or 13 or something like that and kind of watched it do its thing up to 2017 and Ethereum and all that kind of stuff. So I was like interested in the subject matter of crypto. But when I saw that you could like tokenize art, that kind of sparked something for me because I'm really interested and bullish of the overall technology of crypto and now having like you know a way to like get my foot in the door in a sense with what i'm passionate about uh, that really uh was a cool mix when i when i found out about it so i applied to super rare um back then there wasn't that many people on super rare so i heard back in like two days <laughs> and uh, minted my first piece after that and uh like I, I got curious about like what other artists are doing this and what who are these collectors who are collecting this stuff in such a small niche market so i went on twitter and just like followed as many of the collectors and artists that i could that i found on super rare and kind of i didn't really use twitter that much before that so my whole twitter was just crypto art And still is, but (laughs) it was back then too. And so I just started uh, talking to all these people and learning about what uh, this all was, what like the future potential for NFTs were about how like you can tokenize, you know, all these, all these crazy different things and about smart contracts and Ethereum. And I don't know, it just really excited me. There was a lot of really cool people there still are. Yeah that's how that's how I found out about it and then I just kept kept talking to the same people and meeting new people in the in the crypto art community on Twitter um sold my first piece like two weeks after I joined I think for like 30 bucks which I was just hyped on because it was a uh, it was art that I make anyways you know it wasn't like client art that I was uploading it was just art that I made because I enjoyed and so the fact that someone wanted to you know, put value on that was really, really cool for me. Yeah, I just kept at it and made a lot of friends and connections. And, uh, you know, was reaching out to the people who run super rare and to talk to them about the market and like all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it really just blew up in the in the past few months here, maybe in the past month and a half or so is when everything just went parabolic, as they say. Talk about shooting
3: your shot and just going into a, a whole new market and like unseen. I love I, I love the organic uh, avenues that you've taken. Uh, how have you gone about building support in the community that's helped catapult you to what's not what you are now top fifty artist according to crypto art?
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, I think I'm lucky because when I was in the music scene. I was doing pretty much the same thing in the sense of trying to build a brand around my creations and trying to, you know, network with people like, how can I go play a show in California when I've never been to California before? And um, I started like doing that, at least like the networking aspect of that in, in music when I was like 18. So like seven, seven years ago or so. I was like young then, obviously, and inexperienced and made like a lot of mistakes that I've learned from, but, um, coming into, to crypto art, it's like the same thing. Like I understood coming in here that like you make friends with everybody and you become part of a community and you add value to that community. And it's like, that's a very like cut and dry way of looking at it, but it's, it's really organic and fun because like everyone's so freaking cool. And like everyone's super hyped on this this idea of NFTs. And I was mind blown that like art was the first thing that was kind of like catapulting NFTs as a whole into the mainstream. Yeah. So I, I think it was just like experience of me knowing how to build a brand, an excitement to like meet people and bond with people and um you know, uh, start a podcast that I do with Roger, and we interview other artists, it's, I think a combination of all those things. And then just like talking with collectors, uh, becoming friends with collectors and kind of understanding like why they collect art. That, w- that was something I had to learn. I didn't really get why someone would collect an NFT at first. You know, I had the same doubts that a lot of people have when they find out about NFT. It's like, you can't hang this on a
1: wall. What's that? Yeah, to to press into that, like what have you learned about some of the, the motivators from the collector's perspective?
2: I've learned that they all have like different motivators. Some of them look at it purely from an investment standpoint where they think they're just really bullish on everything. They they think if they're if they can get, you know, a new artist coming into the scene for cheap at a low price and hold on to that. And it's like an you know, investment one oh one. The artist grows, their investment will grow. Some people just have a lot of money and don't know what to do with it and like supporting artists. And some people really like art and like collecting art. And sometimes it's a combination of those things. I was talking to Goltra and he uh, put it very eloquently. I don't know the exact words, but basically um, all this new money that is happening from tech, from crypto, the people who have that money don't really have any ties to create a cultural impact. Like, like the old money, they collect traditional art. They do funds and fundraisers and charities and like all, all this stuff that has a cultural impact. And the new money doesn't really have that access. So what he was saying is it's like this unholy union between this new money and then the creators and we're building something together that will and does have a cultural impact, which I thought was really cool.
0: That makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, if you think about it, it's it's kind of a way for people who have been um, you know, successful in these in these spaces, but somewhat anonymous to really kind of be able to to build an identity in a way that also gives back to that community and 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 can uplift artistry. Um, you know, I, I loved I loved the, what we were talking about with the importance of community and, and collaboration. You know, I know you obviously just recently had a very big drop with Fuotius, Odious, Jonathan Wolf, who I know you're, you're you're good friends with all of them. Um, I had a I had a chance actually to chat with Fuo like before that drop, and he was so yeah. stoked on it. He was so hyped. And like, I, I think like he's got such a great energy around, you know, bringing my friends with me to like, like, I love, I love, you know, aspects of all their works. Let's see what we can do together. And I, I thought that was almost like a, uh, like a microcosm of some of that collaborative spirit that exists in the community. I know that was a big, that was a big moment for you and your, in your yeah, career as an artist. And definitely. I would love to hear a little bit of, of how did that come together? And also what was that day like, you know, that take <laughs> us back to that drop?
2: I mean, it pretty much just happened out of the blue. Like I talked with Fuo a few times. We weren't like buddy buddies or anything like that. And um, we, we like hung out in VR once and just had a chat about life one day. And I was like, oh, this kid's cool. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard to tell like how much of his online persona is a persona or how much of it is him and all that kind of stuff. But I, I talked with him for a few hours. And he was, he was just like, <laughs> I thought he'd be super generous and awesome and kind and smart. And uh, I remember walking away from that conversation like, damn, that's, I'm really glad how successful Feebo is because he deserves it. I remember thinking that. And then a few weeks later, uh, Fibo hit me up on Twitter DMs and said, have you had a nifty drop yet? I said, nope. I said, why? <laughs> and then he was like, wait one sec. And then I was in a group chat with Tommy and Ashley from Nifty and Fiwo and Jonathan and Odious. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and uh, so, and that was really before any of us knew each other. Like we, I think we, uh, Jonathan and Fiwo do the podcast together, they're friends, but me and Odious didn't really know either of them that well or each other that well. So yeah, it really just came out of the blue. Filo just picked three artists who he felt that he wanted to work with and uplift, which was really cool. And yeah, so we worked on that. Um, a few A few weeks after that, Filo moved to Seattle. We, he hit me up and he was like, "I'm thinking about moving to Seattle." And I was like, "Cool, I got you. Um, here are the neighborhoods to like check out. Here are the blah blah blah." I was like, "I'll pick you up from the airport if you want. You can crash at my house for a week while you get everything figured out." Um, so that's what ended up happening which I think was a really big help for the nifty drop because we were able to like stay up late in the night and joke around on the internet and like find all these crazy ideas of stuff to do, like the 3d printer and uh, all that kind of stuff. So I think that was a big part of the success or, or just like the, or the organic kind of joy that emanated from that process. Um, so yeah, that was like a, two, two, two months of fuel up here and all of us on discord every day chatting, working on that project. And then the day of the project, I went and picked fuel up from Seattle. I live like a half hour South of Seattle. So drove back here to my spot and like, uh, got here like an hour before the drop, got on a call with Tommy and Ashley and Jonathan and odious, just like crazy amounts of excitement. <laughs> Uh, and uh we w- watched it happen live the The drawing for the the, the actual collaboration that came with the physicals went, went live a half hour before the opens, and we were all really, really nervous about that. Leading up to this project, we we were trying to price things super 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 low um, because we wanted it to be something that like everyone in the community could enjoy and participate in. But at the same time, as we were trying to do that, FIWO's pieces started selling for crazy amounts. Like the two weeks leading up to the drop, it went from like 40,000 as his highest sale to 250,000 in just just like two weeks. And uh, so, you know, we had some feedback from the Nifty team saying that if we price stuff too low, it will guarantee crash the entire site. It was like uh, every day we were like bouncing back the prices and trying to figure something out. So the club was the $44,000 piece and we were all really, really nervous about how that would sell because we couldn't even count, you know, how many collectors we'd think would, would participate in that. We were like, count like six or seven or eight off the top of our heads who we thought would participate So that was kind of nerve-wracking but um every time uh, that drawing got entered we were just like oh no way (laughs) and by the end of it it got i think 34 entries out of the 15 collabs so that that went off without a hitch really and then um yeah the opens happened and it's like a five minute window you know so like leading up to it it's like all this anticipation and then it's like five minutes tomorrow. I'll just like ah, for five minutes, and then it ends. <laughs> yeah, that that was that. That was, it was. I wish I filmed the whole thing. We just have like a few little snippets from it. Definitely a wild day that I'll never forget. We ordered Indian food after that and had it delivered to the house.
1: <laughs> Classic. That best part of the story, right there. sort <laughs> like. The, the, the real stories on the NFT now podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, garlic naan or regular naan?
3: Garlic. Yes, that's the <laughs> <a> right, that's <laughs> <a> right <laughs> answer. <laughs> right answer. That's where it's at, man. Parrot, right, man, you mentioned something really, really wonderful that I want to touch on at the beginning of, the, uh, of that story that you guys met in VR, right? Yep. Like your first interaction. What do you think is the relationship between the metaverse? and the real world and specifically around artists, what do you think is gonna have the effect of either curation, creation or uplifting others?
2: I think the metaverse The metaverse is like something that I think is still in such an infancy stage right now. It's like, um, even with like the, the platforms we have out there right now, the decentralized land and the, the different galleries in the metaverse, it's still like, what's so cool about it is there's so many people using it and buying land and, and you know, Crypto Voxels, Decentraland, um, some art galleries in these places, but there's also still so much room to grow. So when I look at it, I see the demand is there right now. And I'm really excited about how that's going to grow um, in the future. I think, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know how many artists meet in the metaverse right now. I think Twitter, I don't know if you'd consider that the metaverse. I'm not sure what, what, what the overarching definition of the metaverse is, but I think Twitter is still like the biggest place where conversation happens. But I'd like to see that change because when you do meet up in VR, whether it's like VR chat, crypto voxels, I don't know if that's VR. I know Sonium Space is VR, but you, know, you meet up in a place like that and you can do activities together. I think that's the coolest part about the metaverse is it takes like with Twitter, you just talk to people. And there can be like some events happening in Twitter or at least conversation about events. But when you can hang out with someone and be like, look what I'm drawing in the air right now, or like, let's go check out this gallery over here and look at the same art at the same time together. I think that is where a real connection can happen. And I I don't think it's quite to the place where like, I I don't know, like I I try to get my friends into VR. Or, or this stuff and it's it's still not quite to mass adoption levels yet you know but might be a good thing for us because that gives us like the early adapters badge
1: <laughs> yeah for sure no and no, i think it will be really interesting because i i think that when you think about art and going back to like the motivators of collectors a lot of it is like people being able to to some extent show off their collection as egotistical Definitely. as it may be No, yeah. as it stands i mean we'll see more and more different like platforms come to light where people will be able to like very and it's already exists to an extent but to the extent that people will really be able to like engage and, and have like be able to interact and showcase their collection with other people in a virtual environment then even too at that point now it's just Everything in the virtual environment itself is an NFT beyond just the art, right? Like now you just go like the clothes you're wearing, like and now like the NFT house. has literally just become like the the infrastructure of scarce goods in this this new yeah. environment. So that gets real exciting. Yo, Parrot, do you own land
3: in Decentraland?
2: I do not. I should have done that this summer when I saw it. <laughs> uh, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, too expensive. And then it's like, every few weeks, it's a double in price. <laughs> <laughs> we should build a compound
3: together, you know, gather some funds, fucking buy the compound. Yeah, and just, and- no, it's
2: probably not a bad idea. I mean, th- that's the thing about it. it is scarce, so, like, it's going to keep going up in price. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get the NFT now bunker soon enough. Just need a a couple more subscribers, you know. (laughs) Yo, so, so Pat, I I had a, a, you know, I I thought you touched on something really interesting earlier when you talked about how you were so stoked when that first, when that first work sold, um, just because it was something that you were already making for yourself on the side, Mm -hmm. in addition to like client work and the like. And I think that really speaks to the experience that I think many artists, um, and digital artists specifically, are going through with this with this new technology is that, you know getting into this field, never expecting necessarily to be able to make a living, let alone mm-hmm. like you know the kind of money that that we're seeing in the space, yeah. um, Based on your own creative vision, um, yeah. because you know off the the path of a digital artist is a lot you know previously has been supported by a lot of client work, and so mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about like you know. I'm sure that, you know, that for everyone who's been able to make that leap, and I'm really glad you have, because that's, that's awesome. It's just awesome to see that kind of empowerment. Um, but I'm sure there are so many artists who are really, who want to make that leap. And, and uh, so I'd love to hear what advice you might have for, for artists who are looking to go from like that client work cycle of like, you know, creating for, for clients and, and for, for brands and the like, to being able to build up sort of a sustainable community and meaningful income around, around their own, their own NFTs and their own vision.
2: Yeah, advice. Um, I don't know, because the the space is changing so much. Like the advice I would have given three months ago is completely different to the advice I'd give right now. I think that, I don't know. Yeah, when I came into this space, I basically like was like a year ago. I was like, I'm going to be broke for the rest of my life, but I'm going to be making art and be making music. And I'm to- totally cool with that. So this has been such a strange set of events that have happened up until now where it's not like a, it's not like it was a planned thing um, I think advice to other artists would be don't look at nFTs as a cash grab because I see uh, you know a whole spectrum of like behavior from different artists a lot of people coming to this scene organically and really excited about the technology behind this and kind of what the long term, play out will be in five years and 10 years to how this will change the, the metaverse and the digital landscape. Um, I see other people coming in and just seeing the dollar signs that people are making and not necessarily understanding the hard work that they put into the scene or the how early they were into the scene or things like that. And they look at NFTs as a cash grab in a sense where they're like, cool, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to make a bunch of money off of my art. Like I I see people who weren't artists before trying to make art to make money, which is such a weird, (laughs) weird change of a tone from, from, you know, how it used to be. And I do, you know, I'm glad that more people are making art. I think everyone can be creative and the more artists, the better. But um, yeah, I mean, the main point of advice I'd give is to not rush things. Think about longevity. Learn about the community. Who are the OGs? Who are the people who have been doing this for a while, for a while? Look to them and see what they're doing, and respect respect the community and add value to the community, not just take value from it.
0: I love that. Um, I think it's those are really really important words, and I, and I love. Um, you know, the idea of of adding value to the community is something that that you've been doing regularly, even outside of just your artistry. You know, I I follow Origin Stories with Roger. Um, I think it's a great podcast. I, I think it's it's just, you know, like when when you talk about ensuring that like credible voices and the OGs and like the people who who have really given value to this community get heard. I mean, you both have done a great job of doing that. I'd just love to hear a little bit about how did origin stories come together? How did you and Roger connect and and uh, what's, what's sort of in the works there? I know, I know you guys have started doing your own like NFT collabs too. Um, and so, so I'd love to, hear, uh, love to hear a bit about that.
2: Yeah, that was it was almost by chance how it happened. Um, me and Roger were DMing on Twitter a little bit because we were both geeking out over this guy, uh, Peter Morbacher. Um, who's like an OG Magic the Gathering card illustrator and does this really cool like fantasy art. And I've been following him for like years now. And then we saw that he's had stuff on Maker's Place since like 2018 that was just kind of sitting there, not sold. Giannis uh, also was talking about it on Twitter. I think that's how we found it. And then me and Roger were DMing a little bit, just kind of geeking out over that dude's art. Stayed in touch a little bit. I got a really good vibe from Roger, like just... Based off of the little communication that we had, I was like, this dude seems to like really care about artists, really care about like integrity and really, really care about like NFTs and the technology as a whole. So I got a really good vibe from him. He posted a tweet on Twitter saying, I'm looking for an artist for a project that, I, that I'm starting. Um, DM me. And so I DM'd him and he was like, you want to hear about this? I was like, yeah, tell me about it. And so we jumped on a Zoom call. And she was like, I want to start a podcast called Origin Stories. And it's gonna be about, you know, all the artists in the scene and how what their origins are, how they became an artist, how they came into NFTs. And uh so we just we just chatted and kind of talked for I don't know, 45 minutes or so, just uh talking about the ideas and stuff and getting a feel for each other. It was our first time really talking. And by the end of it, I was sold on it and he was sold on me being a part of it. And uh, we started it pretty much right after that, maybe like a week later. And so Roger does like the long, long format interviews with the one-on-ones with the artists. And then I do the live streams with him on Thursdays. And then I take care of the, the artsy stuff as well. We had like a specific idea for, for an NFT portion of it when it started, but now we're adapting to <laughs> to how crazy everything's gone. Um, so I know Roger right now has been neck deep in this humongous project that he's working on that tie- ties in with origin stories and all this other stuff. But um yeah, I probably can't talk too much about it, but it's gonna be really, really cool.
1: <laughs> awesome, man. Well, as we kind of uh start to like round things and you're already I mean putting on a lot of amazing like origin stories, but when you think about some of your favorite up-and-coming artists right now, who who are some of them as you kind of come to the close?
2: I mean the obvious, ferocious, odious Jonathan Wolf, and uh, I really like Christy Glass. Uh, her stuff is really speaks to me. Defaced. Uh, he does really beautiful two D work. He does really beautiful paintings. My boy love visuals. Does he? When I first started doing three D, he was like one of the only dudes who like pretty much took me under his wing. And and taught me taught me a bunch of stuff, and um, also one of the only dudes who, that I, when I told people about NFTs like in June, one of the only people that listened to me <laughs> got on board. Uh, my friend Connor Levitate, he makes one of the most talented and hardworking dudes I know. He makes uh, crazy music and crazy visuals. He's on Super Rare and Maker's Place and cron Four D. He does really cool um, AI stuff with uh, GANs and neural networks, which is something that's always really interested me, AI and artificial intelligence, but I don't code. He does code. So we've been working on a project that kind of mixes our art together a little bit. And uh, yeah, like a billion more people too. There's so many talented people in this space and like, yeah, it's crazy. There's so many good artists, especially now coming in and even six, eight months ago, if there's one thing that like NFTs in this whole space has done for me, it's uh, widened my my view of art and how much crazy cool art there is out there.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I think this is it's actually just like opening up Pandora's box, like the, the fact that now artists can create art for their, themselves and their communities yeah. and not have to like sell their souls. So yeah. uh, I think it'll only continue to, to get crazier, man. So, yeah. so uh, thanks to contributions and artwork like yours, man, for you coming on to the podcast today too, bro. So so keep up the great work, man. Super grateful we were able to have you on and uh, we'll, we'll you catch man. you in the metaverse, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir.
0: Excited to, <laughs> excited to see these projects in the works, especially that generative collab. I think that's that, like your style plus that is going to be really cool. That's going to be
2: really yeah. dope, bro. I Appreciate you sure. coming on, my man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for hosting everyone. Adventures. Right,
1: Damn. Well, that was a great episode, man. Really enjoyed hearing what Parrot had to say. Excited for some of those drops that he's cooking up. And if you haven't already, definitely go check out his podcast, Origin Stories. As long as you say subscribe to the NFT Now podcast, too. It's like it's, it's a collaborative community, but don't forget about us. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Uh, I mean,
0: he's, I loved his perspective, you know, I, I, as I said, you know, I think that he, he is living what is a dream for many artists, which is to go from client work to being able to uh, work with your friends and, and be able to have a career following your own creative vision. Um, I think that he gives back in so many different ways, and I'm super excited to hear about some of these collaborations that he has in the works.
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. Well, as always, everybody, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, If you haven't already, please go ahead, drop a review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Helps us grow and helps us get in front of more people. So uh, and on that note, we out. We'll be back next week. Peace.